Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bramley Moor Blues. I'm your host, Ahmed, and I'm joined by my effervescent partner in all things good and bad, Connor Skelly. We're joined today to discuss the very lacklustre performance that Everton gave in their 2-0 home defeat at the hands of Leicester City. Um, Connor, what was your overall impression? Um, I think I think we struggled from the very first minute. I think we were outplayed by a far better side. Um, a side that has four players that are better than anything we have by a distance. A side that has two, what I would consider, Champions League level players. Maybe even three if you include the new defender. They played us off the park. They found space in between our defence and our midfield um, where the lights of Dewsbury Hall and Madison ran riot. On the ball, we were um, poor would be an understatement. I think Guy had his worst game in an Everton shirt. I mean, ever. Um, Onana was way out of position. And I don't know what the thinking was. I think that was a direction from the manager. We can get on to it. I thought the game, the score could have been more despite us having two good chances that were really well made but finished abysmally. And uh, I think for the first time this season, I'm really worried I think the statistics leading up to this game was reason for concern anyway, but we were outperforming our mm. XG and getting away with blocks from defenders. I think These things are coming home to roost now, and for the first time I think I'm a bit worried about the season. I think um, the stats come to bear how unimaginative we were and how outclassed we were. We had 12 shots at home compared to Leicester's 22. Only two of those were on target. Leicester had eight. So Leicester had over a third on target, whereas we only had a sixth. We did have 48% possession versus Leicester's 52. Um, but our passing accuracy was down at 80%. And our XG was 1.37 versus Leicester's 2.27. So it, it, it corroborates what you said. Leicester could have scored more. Um, and we certainly didn't take the chances when they did present ourselves, but we were nowhere near in this game. Um, it, it, from from our point of view, our highest expected uh, goals were coming from, unsurprisingly, Dominic Calvert-Lewin with a golden chance he had just at the turn of the half, and then followed by Iwobi, who had one at the very beginning of the game. But Madison was at 0.61 and Barnes at 0.57, neither of whom scored. But it shows you the uh, the dominance they had over us. Well, Barnes did score. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, he did. He of course did. he did. He scored a cracker at the end. Uh, yeah, and he could have um, had more. His finishing, I think. I was thinking with Barnes when he got that when he when he made it too. I said he's had enough bites of the cherry today. He's going to get this one right. And sure enough, it went into the top corner. I th- um, and I think I think more looking. Than- do you think we started with Coleman to, to, to negate the threat of Barnes? And how do you think that, that tactic went? Well, we did start with Coleman, um, which was obviously interesting considering Patterson came on the last game. I was happy enough with the other change, McNeil, for Gordon. How do I think? Yeah, maybe. that's That was the only logical thing I could see. The only reasoning I could see behind Frank putting Coleman in was maybe he could do a job like he does on Zaha and just keep him quiet. I don't think it worked. <laughs> um, but I don't, you can't lay the blame squarely on James Coleman. I think all over the pitch, Everton failed to press. The one time we did press, we created the chance in the first half, which I think actually Cal McGay did well to, to press Samari into a mistake. And I think Calvert-Lewin does really well to actually create an angle to pull it through to a Wobi who has to score. He has to score. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it reminded me of the Newcastle game. We won the ball high up. 
it feeds its way, it finds its way to Dominic Avaloon, who does a clever reverse pass into Iwobi. I mean, from my point of view, I'll give him a little bit of uh, leeway in the sense that it was an acute angle, but you'd want to see him hitting the angle, uh, hitting the target, and um, at least forcing the keeper into a save. In reality, though, he should have scored. I, 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 we can't deny that. That puts us 1-0 up and it changes the complexion of the game completely. However, we didn't, and the dominance of, of Leicester just took hold from there. Yeah, but you see, I would, I would, I've heard that being said, that Wolby scores and that changes, that's a different game. No, it's not. They come back and they score and they win. They, they won't be, he scored early against Man United. Didn't do us any favours. The same times, actually after five minutes. We got that chance after five minutes. I don't think it makes a difference. He should have scored. But I don't think it's changed the complexion of the game. They have four, arguably five if you include. Like, and I'm going to name them. Madison and Tiedemans are Champions League players. The new lad they got in, in defence, face. Where did they find him? He was in the French League playing for Reim. Excellent. And how much did Excellent. they pay for him? They paid 15 million. And before he came, their win percentage was zero. Since he's been in the team, he's played nine games. They've kept six clean sheets, five victories, 55% win rate. So that tells you the you quality paid he's brought. 14 million for him. Yeah, 14. We, we paid 30 million for McNeil and Mopai. Or in um, about that, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. And there's been negligent, negligible improvement in our team as a result. Whereas this phase, lad, they lost Fafana, who is a top talent, mm. and they replaced him with someone who just looks Premier League ready. He just he, looked he fantastic. He almost looks Champions League ready, but look. It, we, so you have Madison, Tielemans, two players far and above, far and above anything we had. Where did they get Madison from? Norwich. Paid what? 20 million for him? And Less than that, back. I think, yeah. Around if, that, anyway. Yeah. If that. We were heavily linked with him. I know. But we couldn't, we couldn't go for him because of Gilfie Sigurdsson, who is this... Well, we don't talk about him very yeah, much. Well, he, they, they, yeah, well, he shan't be named. Yeah. But let's talk about Madison. This is somebody we were linked with. I actually remember tweeting, please, please sign this guy. And that was just off a five-minute YouTube clip. But I see, I saw enough of him to say, this guy can play, right profile, mm. et cetera, et cetera. He's better than anything we've had in years. I, I, can't, I can't think of a player other than maybe James. He was a different type of player. But similar and a different I mean. context as well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, in terms of quality. Then you've got Yuri Tielemans. Where did he come from? So, Yuri Tillmans is a player I was desperate for. He'd signed for Monaco in the summer and hadn't settled in Monaco. They get him in the transfer on a loan and they've already got a pre-arranged fee. They got him for less than 15 million, something like that. And that just is a testament to their recruitment policy. Patson Dakar, another player who impressed me, he's very much a Vardy light player, another player from the Austrian league. These are the high-yield leagues that we haven't been looking at. We've been buying players predominantly from the Premier League, where there is no value to be had, apart from um, Tarkowski and Cody, who were the exceptions that proved the rule. This is a mm. fundamental issue. We bought Mope and Dwight McNeil. There's no value to be had in those strikers at all, in those attackers at all. There was no value. Um, and it, it just, we have to look at that Leicester model and look at these high-yield leagues and be recruiting from there. Onana, a player we bought from the French League. Mm. We paid thirty million, and the ceiling on him is huge. Um, it's just, and there's value to be had in these leagues. You look at someone like Mo Kamara, who again is signed for Monaco. He was from the Austrian League. Sadio Mane, the biggest and best export. Erling Haaland. All of these players are played in the Austrian League. There is bargains to be had there, and it, it's it's just spits in the face of our recruitment, really. Mm. Because we've got a re- recruitment, the man in Kevin Thelwell, we've got Frank Lampard. And we'll get on to him mm. later because I think there's questions being asked. And I'm not one of the really the people that's going to ask too many questions right now about Lampard. Um, because I just don't, I think it'd be hypocritical because mm. 
only two weeks ago I was talking about we were all talking about Lampard ball and I was saying he gets mm. it and he sees the players that we see and he makes the subs that we make and he does and again he proved that again he took off on or took off uh, address uh, Ghana Gay at half time who had his worst game in an Everton shirt um, and so he made a positive change and he actually made five changes for the first time I think it's the first time in our club's history that we've made five changes in a game <laughs> in a competitive game Um Obviously, it's the first season, but we've had five changes. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's lots of questions to be asked about mm-hmm. our recruitment. If you look at even even the likes of the two defenders we bought, Cody and Tarkovsky, who have been getting rave reviews, um, both of them require a team to sit deep, unless we're playing with a three. Um, mm. which we don't um, they both because of that leave the you need a player because they have to sit deep and pl- pass the ball into midfield you're leaving a player expo- like a, like a Ghana gay exposed um, who, who who isn't good in the ball who who if he's not charging around a la Kante or Makalele um, isn't a good player really He's not. He's not safe enough on the ball. I remember Zidane mentioning how Makaleli was the key to Madrid. Makaleli was the pioneer of that role. Makaleli pioneered it in two different ways. He was exceptional in interceptions and tackling, but he was also exceptional on the ball as well. He was safety first and foremost, but managed to play a vertical ball. Now that's not something that we're going to ever get from Idrissa Garnagay. The next player who did that in that sort of role was N'Golo Kante, who had that verticality in his play while in possession. Idrissa Garnagay never had that, but what he did usually have was safety. More recently, uh, and, the, and the stats belied it. No, no, the stats contradict this. The st- uh, he's our highest pass accuracy, but he's not safe on the ball. We see it with the eyeball test. He loses the ball in dangerous areas. The turnover um, leads us vu- leaves us vulnerable. And it's something that, I think Frank Lampard is now recognised. We always assumed there was going to be an evolution from Idrissa Garnagay into James Garner, but mm. I think these last few performances have probably sped it's that gonna, up. It's going to speed it up, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking. I think, mm. um, yeah, what we saw yesterday with with Gay, I think in the it, he made he was getting caught. He was getting caught on the ball, so he was he, had, he was getting the ball and trying to find a pass, and one or two went misplaced. And then you saw with him, is he overthinking the extra second Absolutely. he was taking, um, and and that extra second he he needed on the ball again, and it, but he was still trying to follow the the, the pass through. Was like so, his thought process was like, okay, I'm gonna pass it now. Actually, wait, now I'll pass it, and it's too late then. Yeah. So he the turnovers um, were shocking. His head, his head totally went, but. He's not that player, and I don't know why he what I don't know why we didn't play with the two sitting midfielders yesterday. I don't understand when you have two players like Madison and Dewsbury Hall that find those areas in between the midfield and the deep line defense. You've two players of that. Why are you not why are you playing Ghana Gay in that sitting role with nobody beside him? Why is Omana never- then He's never had the discipline to sit either. He's always vacating that area. I think if you have the two and they play off each other, Onana seems much more disciplined. Onana looks more comfortable in a defensive role. He probably can develop an attacking role, but I think I think you're right. I think having the two in there gives us a presence because Jusby Hall, who's a, who's a good Premier League player, don't get me wrong, but he's not exceptional. He had the run of Goodison Park yesterday and the the, the the one player who was truly exceptional, well, there was two. It was uh, Madison and, and then the defender that you mentioned. Mm. Um, but yeah, they just had the run of the midfield. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I can't understand Lampard's thinking in the way he set up. I'm convinced, you're saying, he, and a lot of people are saying, oh, Nana, you know, where was he playing? I'm convinced he was playing in a... Left center forward, not center forward, left center midfield forward, if you know what I mean, role. Yeah. And my thinking is that he's gone to Lampard said, You get on the ball, you get the ball into 
Ganagay. Gana, get it forward to Onana. Onana, protect the ball and get it. McNeil involved, and then McNeil get Cavalier involved. Like that, I think there was some kind of a setup like that that they were attempting, and I thought that both McNeil and Onana in their respective positions, actually protected the ball quite well at times. Mm. But they just didn't influence much and they had nothing really mm. around them. Where, like, where, Onana gets the ball, where, where, where's he going to go? I, I thought he had a poor game, to be honest, Onana. It was probably his poorest game in a blue shirt mm. as a full 90. Uh, well, well, he kept taking off before that, before the, Oh, the abysmal, the shocking Decore. I love Decore, <laughs> but we, we we won't talk about that for now. Oh, but, no, um... please, 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 please. Let's talk <laughs> about Decore. But we'll save it for later. Yeah. He, uh, absolutely appalling player, that guy. But anyway. Um... So, and I think the, the, the thing, we, we every team has a player that they have to get on the ball as much as, off, as often. And we all know who that is for Everton, and that's Alex Awobi. His stats tell you that he's got an expected assist of 1.5 and his true assist is 5. So he is outperforming the amount of time he has the ball. He is exceptional. He has played, he's found a role for himself, but we don't get him in the, on the ball enough. We mm. do not have that transition from defence to Iwobi to open up the pitch. Mm. Our, our wingers, I thought McNeil did okay yesterday. I think McNeil needs to stay in the side now. But Gray mm. did nothing in the whole game. Um, he's been wasteful throughout the season, and I like Gray a lot. He has, he certainly has a role. Um, he can open up defenses when he plays, when he's on it, but he's mm. not been on it. You like Gray, but I don't think you should die on that hill anymore because I no. think, I think we need better. We That's need better. I think yeah. if you look if you look at the XG and you're the XG man, you you yeah. look at these stats better than me. But his XG is appalling and and actually who is the two players that are outperforming their XGs are both McNeil and Anthony Gordon which now, lends itself that they should be starting yeah so the the stats would suggest they'd be aiming towards uh, Gordon and we haven't tried that Gordon McNeil now I look I'm no great fan of either particularly I'm actually more of a fan of McNeil but that's mm. just me I think he's a tidy player I think you know he, he probably had well, he had a half decent chance yesterday, but I, I don't know. I just have always kind of liked him. But um, we need to be. I think we need to be going with those two from now on. Uh, but I there's there's still a dearth like in quality and in the in in the in the spaces between the midfields and the forwards. I don't think we have enough, and I'm I'm worried now. Actually, to be honest, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not worried that we'll necessarily go down. I think, but I, I mean, I don't know. To be I honest. think, I think the worry is that we're in for a turgid season of evolution again. We're not in for anything exciting. There's nothing to really, you know, there's no grasping football style, and there's no hope at the moment for mm. you know fighting for Europe. And then the cup hasn't really matured yet, so we can't really tell what's going to happen there. Yeah. But at the moment, it's quite. There's nothing much to look forward to, save for safety. And that's not where we want to be as a club, but that's what we have to expect, ex- accept right now. Yeah, well, we've I mean, got the, the stadium to look forward to, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> so if we stay in the league, I think that's the idea. I think I yeah. heard Bobble speaking there earlier on. He was like, you know, the idea is for us to stay in the league. Um, and, and, and then and, probably and, sell the club when we get the yeah, new so stadium. I think that is yeah. the aim. Yeah. Interesting reading, actually, now without name dropping. Um, interesting reading the esque uh, his comments on Twitter earlier on. A friend what, of the show, the esque. What a nice man. Yeah, esque. If you're listening, uh, yeah, thank you for your support. And uh, I, I've always been a massive fan of his first his blogging, and then obviously I think he's a very good speaker, and he gets the point across of the concerns of the club very well. But he seems to come out of his of his kind of shell. Um, Kind of like a crab in in the <laughs> sea, um, when shifts hitting the fan a little bit, and he come out with a kind of yesterday was like, okay, what are we gonna do uh, in terms of financing the stadium? There's still no 
communication about how this is actually being paid for. There's no communication about uh, like the stability of the club, um, financial stability of the club. Like, how is the stadium being financed? How 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 are we gonna buy players? Can we buy players in January? Because God knows we need to buy players in January. Yeah, and I think going on to we can talk about the stadium um, on another occasion. But um, going on to what you're saying about recruitment in January, it's, it's become abundantly clear that we do need players. We absolutely need players to play the way Frank Lampard wants to play. We're making more passes this year, so in the, and and the eyeball test will tell you that we are changing the way that we play. I think yeah. we as fans have to accept. We're still a bit nervous when when the centre backs are playing from the back. Um, I like that though. I like I, it. I like it. But we so need to, I. as a fan and base, Goodis- yeah, Goodison, shut up. <laughs> Seriously, no, Goodison, it, shut it, up. Let the team try to play around a little bit at the back. Because we did the... have some good moves. Yeah, I, I remember. We you know, and they will. About, we were all raving the other week about Lampard ball, about that great goal that we scored that we built up from the back, including Pickford. The same fuckers, excuse the language, I'll bleed that out. The same people raving about how great Lampard ball was. Start getting on the case because we're we're trying to knock the start a move. But this comes fundamentally down to the key role that the position that Juice Gay plays has on that style of well, play. Yeah, he Juice Gay, his his mind because he his confidence went yesterday. Completely interfered with that. Yeah, with that flow, we then dropped ball. deep, and then the attackers didn't get involved. Yeah, but in January we need better attackers, and I, I I don't know how we're going to get them. Whether we need to sell players, um, in order to finance them, but we need direct physical players, much like Harvey Barnes. Um, you know, we need that that directness. There's a player in the Champions League who we were strongly linked with, Murdrick who is unbelievable. I mean, the electric, electric pace, the finishing, the passing. He, we're, he's out of our reach now, completely, mm. 60, 70 million pounds. But if we were looking at him, it, 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 it's st- I still hold hope that that's the way we're going to start buying players. Yeah. But it's essential. And, yeah. and I think we need another striker because Mope is a good Premier League striker. No, he's, not. He's, he's not. He's average. He's average. He, he's, he's lower average. <laughs> He's but relegation average. His qualities, the qualities that he does have, his waspish nature, you know, his pace, mm. his little little bit of needle in the defenders are not exposed if you're playing in a style that requires a, a target man like we do. We have no one. We have to change completely the way we play. Mm. So another striker is required. I think we need three players. I think we need another midfielder. I think we need another striker, and I think we need another winger. And I'd be hard pressed for any Evertonian who probably doesn't agree with that. Oh no, I think that's the consensus. I think DCL is a busted flush. I think he's going into Yerimina territory now, isn't he? Well, yeah. And DCL is was always, and I have always said he, he for any team that has aspirations of like top half finishes. DCL should only ever be an option. He shouldn't be the, the main number man. one centre forward. Yeah. If, if you're people are say asking, why are look what Newcastle have done? Why are they able to get a rich owners in and then you know they don't have to build a project over time, over time. I'll tell you what Newcastle did. They went out and they bought premium players. They didn't buy players like and I love them, but like James, kind of who whose next stop was Qatar, yeah. Alan, who's who was finished, came from Napoli. You know, they didn't buy these players. They bought Bruno Gomares, a player that anybody whose next stop have, will be the top. Yeah, anybody would have liked to have signed, right? From they bought where did they buy him from? Leon. Leon, yeah, they paid, paid a lot, a lot of money know. for him. 30 million plus. Yeah. The thing is, like, when we had that window, I don't want to go over old old round. When we had that window, we bought Gilfie Sigurdsson for fi- near enough 50 million pound. And he was a, he's a good player, but he's not a 50 million pound player. They were very sensible. And it comes down to going to those leagues, those physical leagues where there are these gems. Um, do, you know, do, you know, do you know who we didn't buy in that same window? Tell me. 
James Madison from Norwich. I think he was the next window, but we didn't buy him simply for the reason that we did have Sigurdsson. Right. And it was it was just... I mean, to, to, to see a player who was going at the... I think he at the time he was 20, 21, and we couldn't buy him because we'd spent all the money on a 28, 29-year-old. I mean, it's just it's just laughable. New, Newcastle have really done it the right way. They've bought, they bought what they needed to do to stay up. They've stuck with the manager. They've got a style of play. Mm. Now it's just evolution. Uh, this is Bartman, what we need to do. Bartman. I think. Go on. They've bought your man Sven Bartman. Oh, Bartman was an like, unbelievable like player. He's a, yeah. he's, but he's also a, a player that, you know, a premium player that other clubs would have liked to have signed. And they just they just put the money up. Yeah, that's the one time where wealth will give you that upper hand. And we were trying to fight for these impossible players who were never going to sign for us. I don't know. But um, but, but, but in, in, at the same time, we're how how we're, how do we know we are trying to fight for them? It's like that Alan Shearer bit, you know of oh yeah ten million Alan all, Shearer bit when when Newcastle have already uh, offered fifteen. Yeah, and, and it all boils down to the the people who run the club. They don't really invest. Like, we bought something like five 20 million pound. Like, we just seem to be buying 20 million pound players all the time. Uh, you know, prior to our kind of austerity. Mm. Why not buy what one sixty million pound player? You know, and, 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 like, and really go out and buy that star. Where, where's the Lukaku's? Like, we went out and bought Lukaku. We paid, broke the transfer record, record for a striker who we knew was going to be brilliant. And he was brilliant. Best striker we've had since probably Graham Sharp. And we left them, uh, We left that deal with, with, I think, 50 million in the bank afterwards in the bank. as well. And he scored 100 goals for us or whatever. Wait, why aren't we... Where's that gone? Well, this is what January is going to be key for. But we're so... not going to do anything in January. We're just going to... We're, like well, I hope we do, but I just can't okay. see where, what, where, who are we going to buy? We need to spend. Honestly, we need to go out and buy a 65, 70 million pound breaker transfer record striker, which is just January. not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. We so. need to. We have to. But this you know? is this is where this is where I'll, I'll disagree with you slightly in the sense yeah. that we need to be buying those players. Who are going to become the 16 million, 17 million pound strikers? Spending 12 million on Neil Mope, you might as well spend 20 million. You're never going to see it back again. You know what no, I'm saying? Pissing it up against the wall. Yeah, literally. And we spent 30 million. Now, Dwight McNeil, the upfront payment was not a lot. And he was, he's 22. Yeah. He's settling in well. He's outperforming in his, his XG. He looks to be a player that yeah. I would be starting from now on. But Neil Mope. I, I, I don't I, I think he's a reasonable striker, but he's not what we required. And I don't know how we plumped for him out of all the ones that were available. However, we need to talk a bit about the latter half of the game. So we start the second half and things, you know, we, we, James Garner comes on and you can see an instant impact. We're instantly breaking the lines. Mm. The first pass he makes is through into space to the left wing yeah. and we create the DCL chance. And this this game summed up DCL for me in the sense that he missed a big one on one. He looked good in the build up play and then goes off injured. Mm. Um, kind of all DCL, yeah. I don't know highlight reel. Yeah, it was it was just a microcosm of his career. And he, uh, as you said, Frank Lampard makes five changes. One of those was Abdullah Decore, who probably had this, over the last two years has been our best midfielder. For better or worse, he loses the ball. We we get broke on. He tries to win it back, but Harvey Barnes is in the box by this stage mm. and smashes it into the far corner. Best uh, midfielder. Uh, Pardon? Death to Corey, our best midfielder. For the over the past two years, out of out of book, Decore is our best midfielder really? until this year. Oh, I don't know. I thought <laughs> I thought when he came on, I didn't understand the sub at all. I thought he was okay. Can we go back to this Cavalier chance? I think. Yeah, oh, sure. Oh, Awobi. Okay, so Awobi puts him, sets him up, doesn't he? He puts sliding mm. through. Cavalier needs, needs to be going around the keeper there for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, either now, way, he needs to finish it. Yeah, he just he needs, needs to, to finish it. What was that. the XG on that? Like, what was his expected return on that? 0.6. So a good striker finishes it. Okay. A better anybody, than average striker finishes it. Yeah, anybody above average finishes that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you think when he got put through goal? I did. I was I was halfway up. And I know what you're going to say is DCL doesn't finish one-on-ones. And you probably never felt he was going to score. Nope. I, I and I think that's that's now that's now the conclusion I'm coming to. I, I do think he's verging on that Yerry Mina territory where we might as well if we have him, it's great, he can go on the squad, but we need to be planning for another striker without him. Mm. Um and I think this one on one one on one finishing is the thing that's limiting his career as well. As much as he wants to go to the next level, he has this vision of himself playing at the higher level, probably in London. It's not going to happen if you're not performing and you can't finish those chances. Mm. And he can't stay fit. So yeah. I think it, the most we're going to get, and we should be looking to get out of him, is a bit part player that can come on, play second fiddle to a superior striker. Um, I'm talking back to the, okay, I'll go back to Duke now, to Corey. Um, oh, where to start? Uh, his cameo was appalling. Um, <laughs> he, he he came on and he, he he was running. When we had the ball, he was trying to keep up the play, running up the play, but n- not really running. No intelligence at all to where he was running. That bit of control that led to the second goal was, frankly, embarrassing, actually. Um, no pressure, nothing on. We're on the attack. Yeah. A few minutes to go. I... I what was he? What what is that like? I don't know what. I can't, I'd have to actually watch it back, but I'm really pathetic. Um, and they break and um, they get the winner. Uh, I mean the second. There was just nothing at all from we. We don't have any quality like you've got Leicester who were terrible we went we went into this game what on thirteenth Leicester were eighteenth I know they were a false position. I think really you should be swapping that round. I can't disagree. I you think know. we we have to be look I'm always going to be on the air uh, on the side of optimism and I think we will have periods in the season where we just won't look good as a team. Um optimism but... do you want me to throw some stats at you? <laughs> Go on then. Okay, we failed to score. Now I have we we found this website that's great. If anybody's listening, what's that website called? Fotmob. Fotmob. F O T Mob. It must be run by the Piv, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. We so we failed to score in four of the last five games, and only in three of them we even looked like scoring, which is the last one. Leicester had twenty-two shots. In the game before, Fulham had 24 shots. We've now won just one point, on average, one point per game over the course of the last 30 games under Frank Lampard. We have three wins in 14. We've scored 11 goals. That's 11. How many does Haaland have? 18 now. Okay. (laughs) We've scored 11 goals all season. We've conceded the most shots out of any team. Any team. The team that have conceded the second most shots are Fulham. No, no, we are. We are the second most. Fulham are the most. They have conceded. They're the next one up. They're the the most. They've conceded the most shots. And we managed how many shots against them? Three. If that, and I think only one was on target, wasn't it? Yeah. So of all the teams that we need to be racking up our shot count on, it was Fulham. And we had an XG of 0.94. So that's less than one goal. We have faced six more shots on average than we've attempted over the course of all the games. So in every game we've played, on average... The team we've played, our opponents, have taken six more shots than us. 
We've gone three successive games away without scoring. And that includes the Newcastle game, which is the game, the our first podcast and the game before the, the last away the game before Fulham. We had one shot. Yeah. And it was offside. And it was <laughs> Cabot Lewin. And it was one on one. And he missed. <laughs> now, I don't know how anybody can look at those stats. We are massively overperforming our stats, by the way. And it's only a matter of, of time Pickford. before they catch up again. Yeah. And I think, I think when you look at the granularity, and you, 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 can, you combine the granularity with what you see on the pitch. We can see on the pitch that we are defensively sound. We have a good shape. We have communicators. We have four players, and I'm including Patterson over Coleman in this, in this instance, who can control a back four, and we have a good goalkeeper. The issue is we are not um, utilising the talents, that limited albeit, that we have. Alex Owobi is not getting on the ball enough. But what, what, what the stats tell you is that when Alex Owobi does get on the ball, he creates, and we know that, but he's not mm. getting on the ball enough. Mm. We, have a play, we have a midfield that is way too porous. So that's, again, a testament to the lack of impact that potentially Idrissa Garnagay has had. You're- and um, that's something that needs to be addressed. That role, that pivot, that... Uh, defensive midfielder, that, that role needs to be um, changed. And I think that this is now, we all, you know, this is now the time for James Garner. We spent money on him and James Garner with potentially Tom Davison around because I don't think Tom Davison has had a bad mm. game this season. He yeah. was great in the derby and then he just hasn't had a sniff since then. But it also tells you how essential it is that we need to get two more attackers in. With that, we have a we have the potential of a changed uh, team. Yeah. What I, I will say to go on. I, I'm just gonna say. Well, first off, I was gonna say something that came to mind. I know you're a biology. You got a biology degree or something. I'm a doctor. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> I was saying, uh, in terms of a membrane, um, we are very. We're more than semi permeable, right? <laughs> like. Yeah. We're we're. <laughs> There is no osmosis here. It's just everything's coming getting through. Yeah, yeah. It's not just water. <laughs> yeah, and and I no, but on, on a serious note, I think when we're playing out from the back, it's a huge problem. That pivot's a huge problem. I think Tom Davis actually is very comfortable. He might give it away the odd time, get bullied, but he can play on the half turn. He can play That's on the half role. turn. Yeah, and he's safe. He yeah. won't. He will tend not to lose the ball in a dangerous area. If it, if it means that he has, just has to whack it out and look crap, he'll do that. Um, I I don't know. I think maybe Idrissa Garnagay needs half a season to acclimatise to the Premier League again, having played in a team that dominated the ball so much. We mentioned that on previous podcasts, but we just we just need to ch- we need to change. Well, and one of our big chances came from a high press from him, and that's his benefit. That's yeah. what he can do. But that's in bursts like that was in a burst of you know a moment of inspiration from him yeah I'm going to nick this off uh, Samari here Samari yeah who we did not target at all enough no and, and our and our chances which just kind of I think proves the importance of having somebody that can mine the ball in the half turn in that pivot is our best chance almost came from exploiting him and his mm. lack, his, his you know second guessing himself on the ball in that no, he was always ball. looking for an extra second on the ball. He was always, um, he was just slow. I, I just, I wasn't impressed by Samari at all. And I remember all this fanfare about Leicester signing him. Yeah, well, um, yeah, we were kind of just always hasn't, him, weren't we? Yeah, and he just hasn't done it in the Premier League. Mm. I was surprised not to see Ndidi, who has. Maybe there's an injury situation I wasn't aware of prior. But, um, you know, these are things that, you know, are more intelligent side. And you can see that when Iwobi was, was, was on, on the offensive, Samari had no answer. And I'm not trying to say Iwobi had a good game because he didn't. He should have scored and he wasn't involved enough. But we didn't get him involved. And and that comes to those fundamental issues at the base of midfield. Um, That's where we're at. And it's a lot easier, though. If I look back on last year, we had a million problems. And now if we can isolate it to two or three, it gives us something to work on in a team that's probably going to stay up. So what teams... At whose expense? 
Well, I think Forest are going to go down. Yeah. I think I think Bournemouth, I think they'll have a tough second half of the season. And I do think Wolves are going to struggle this year as well. I think Villa will struggle, but they've got a good manager in place now. Well, they just so you won could today. Some... They just beat... Uh, I always worry about these teams with with new manager bounce, though. Yeah. Because the character isn't there. They'll have a little brief spurt of of form and and then a few games will go against them and again you'll see the you know the the dummies come out the come out the pram situation and they don't have good characters you look at someone like luca dean who we were you yeah. know who was our player and you know he threw he threw his dummy out the pram yeah, when he was he, with let's us let's just settle the record on this yeah. right apart from a few like he had a great assist record scored a free kick today and you see people on twitter saying oh and he's a good footballer we know he's a good footballer but he's weak as piss at the back um, yeah, he's not a good defender. No, he's, he's got a, probably a weakish mindset. That's why he's gone from the highs of of Barcelona and PSG to playing for Aston Villa at the lower echelons yeah. of the Premier League. You don't end up there. You know, good teams don't let good players go. Yeah, they just don't. And and he's found his way down at the bottom of the league, we, and that's not through an accident. We bought both him and Andre Gomez of Barcelona, and. You'd question both of their attitudes, really, wouldn't you? So Yeah, they're, well, their mental strength Their mental well. strength, yeah. I don't yeah. want to question their attitude as such, but yeah, their, their mental strength and they're probably their work rate and their, their dedication to their job. You know? and, and that's another thing we shouldn't look over is the fact that we have bought characters. So there mm. are things, I know it's hard to do it after a loss, but there are things that we can build on. There are foundations. We, you know, we can build from the back. We will stay up. We will... Um, play turgid football this year but this is all with the aim of hopefully Kevin Thelwell and and Frank Lampard in unison um, coming together and buying two or three more players that can take us up into you know higher mid-table yeah. and it will be a slow progress well we can't buy these players that you mentioned from the Austrian leagues and from the French leagues and you know up and coming players um, I think it's all great to sign them. I still think we need a proven star. I think we need to break our transfer record. Um, I know, that's I don't know if that's, million. Is, if that's even possible. Yeah. I think we need to go and buy a Lukaku type of signing where... Let's get, let's get one thing right, Con. I totally agree with you. For us to improve, we need to break our transfer record. But how and when I, and who won? We may have to ask the are, about you know, the and, and who who at um who at fifty million is going to sign for Everton? Like those players that we want that will improve us, they just won't sign for us. So we, I think you're stuck in a position where you know you are you are having to give a chance. Like ultimately with Lukaku, we gave him a chance, mm. and that's what we need to do with the way we're set up now. We will stay up, so we probably can take a chance. I just, and I'm not, a, you know, like people like Frank Lampard, Kevin Vettel, they know more football than I do in their little toe and than I do in my whole life. Mm. And I, I just lend it to them because we've had an appalling transfer um, <laughs> policy under the under the uh, stewardship of, of Marcel Brands, who, you know, people can give him the, the caveat that he wasn't allowed to do his job fully, but he was buying from the Dutch League. Now, notoriously, the Dutch League hasn't done well in the Premier League. I think Lissandro Martinez is the only player I've seen in the last five years who's actually thrived. Mm. Now, obviously, listeners will come in and say, Suarez. oh, great, well, this, yeah, oh, Suarez, maybe. But Suarez was beyond that. He's, you know, yeah. that, that's, you know, and, and if you're looking as far back as Suarez, you know there's something wrong. Ziyech failed. Um, Klassen failed. Donny van der Beek failed. You know, I think Donny van der Beek's probably the the most prescient, uh, for want of a better word, example of that. Absolutely. And 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 we need to, you know, this is what we need to do. I, I, we're not in a position to to be going for these higher plays. And and the, the point of this Leicester game and the summary of this Leicester game is it's so obvious now. We have key areas. We have two key areas, that midfield role and that attacking role, that we those attacking roles that we need to improve. And unfortunately, that is only going to come from players getting recruited. So, big uh, big January ahead in the World Cup, um, which I won't be watching. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's coming. Did Ireland not qualify, Con? Oh, so no, sorry. No, <laughs> no, I won't be watching. Uh, Did I ever mention to you, Con, that my brother's Irish? 
No. Oh, you did. You said something yeah, about being from born the, in Limerick. In Limerick, yeah. We, we we lived in Cork for a little bit before we, we moved over to Liverpool. That's so random. Yeah, I think we, yeah. we said we did because we discussed that we were, um, what was it, passengers or in the night or something like that when you go oh ships way. in the night yeah ships you were coming night, over that's... from Liverpool to Ireland and we were going over from Ireland to Liverpool yeah yeah because I, I, mm. I, I have a dual citizenship I have British and um, Irish so ah, so does my brother yeah so Brexit doesn't affect us brilliant well it yeah. affected me yeah <laughs> today, I've just seen my fuel bill this um, this uh, this oh. uh, month and it's I... um, it, 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 I shed a few hairs let's put it that way don't get it don't get it twisted we're all going to have uh, bills. It's not, that's not a Brexit thing. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, maybe it is, but I, I, I don't... I, I know that that's the big news story over here is, you know... We've got well, to be honest, so like, far. We've had a very mild uh, November and October, so... Well, you know, if we're talking about environmental issues, like, is it a bad thing that, you know, we are converting to renewables? But anyway, that's yeah. a political issue for maybe a different we'll podcast start... in a different scenario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think, actually, speaking of... Um, Middle class Green Party voters. We travel to Bournemouth next week. <laughs> oh, in the EFL Cup, I think Champagne Socialists. I I cannot see a lineup that does not have James Garner in in for Idrissa Garner. Okay, I just cannot see a lineup that it's that not, does not have that. It's in. not the EFL Cup, is it not? No, it's just the Premier League. Oh, well, so, we better win it then. It's the Saturday, the 12th of November, three o'clock kickoff. We have to win it. And, I think, that, and I think that this is the time James Garner comes in. I think Patterson comes in. Now, I'm going to pose a question to you, Con. Yeah. Three at the back. Thoughts. And I think three at the back, there's two ways of thinking three at the back. One with Godfrey when he's fit, probably after the World Cup, and one without. Because well, I think three at the back with Godfrey at the back allows us to play higher because we have that pace in behind yeah. them. Three at the back with Mina. Even though he's not, he hasn't got the pace, but... He's a good defender. He's a way better player than Godfrey. I like I, Godfrey. I don't... <laughs> I think he's grossly overrated. I do think he's overrated. I don't think he's as good a defender as he was made out to be in the first season because he was, he was hiding in left back and right back. Yeah. But in a three, I think he certainly has a role because he's decent on the... He's okay on the ball. He can cover in for the back and he has a never say die attitude, which, you know, is nice. So and it allows us to play higher up the pitch, which already puts us in greater impetus. So that would be my argument. OK, go on. Give us your give us your three. And I'm with you. Give us your three, five, two formation. Or so I'd have, obviously Pickford at the back. Mm-hmm. Godfrey playing left centre back. Um, I'd probably put P- big Connor Cody um, as the middle. Uh, well, I, you know, because Conor Cody played right centre back so far, I put Tarkowski as the big uh, in the middle, and then I'd put uh, Conor Cody on the right centre back. Patterson and Mikolenko, you, uh, you know, they they name themselves. Although in Mikolenko's position, playing three at the back allows you to consider Vinagre as well. And then you would you'd probably play if he's fit ever, DCL. In midfield, you'd have Iwobi, Onana, and Garner at the moment. And then that leaves you with one more attacker. No, that's now Garner, was... not Garner Gay. Yes, James yes. Gar- Garner. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'd probably put Anthony Gordon up front with um, playing off, just playing off um, off DCL. Oh, DCL. And yeah. then see who, let, 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 let Anthony Gordon and um, Demarai Gray fights it out between, and Neil Mopay, oh, not to ignore him. Here's because I think that would really suit him, actually. Here's an idea. McNeil, a left wing back. I, 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 I'm not averse to that idea. Defensively, he's sound. He's got great delivery, and he'd be covered for any mistakes he does make, and that would allow him to, 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 uh, to play higher up. Mm-hmm. Because by the virtue we do have three centre backs, it does open things up. Now I'm not a fan of three five two. I want to say that my favourite formation is four three three. But that is so dependent on having wingers who do drive into the box, who are like your Harvey Barnes, your Murdricks, you know, your Salas at the very oh, highest level. What you do for players like them? Well, we're not going to get them, are we? I know. Oh, Telemans and. Elements are grueling. Just a little, just, just. We didn't mention, you know, it's painful for an Evertonian, but that Helaman's goal. I mean, 
I mean, unbelievable. The Matthew, guy strikes Matthew the ball as quickly as anyone in the league. It was like Matt Letizia, the way he took it on the knee and swiveled in the same movement. And, and the strike, exactly. Oh. It, it was technically so proficient. <laughs> and it goes Amazing. over, it starts over the bar and dips in. Yeah. And goes into the top corner. What what can no keeper, whether you're Thibaut Courtois, who's six foot, whatever he is, yeah. 10, uh, or, or, or Jordan Pickford, who's, you know, six one, no keeper in the world saves it because the sheer swerve uh, trajectory. Um, they even kept the other side of the bar. Just yeah. To- just to make it even more, it just looks sweeter, perfect. you know. It just looks yeah. aesthetically beautiful. It was a, it was a superb strike. They're just a better team than us, it, I, but it's not good enough what we did. No, no. Mm-hmm. I thought the yeah, I thought I was. I thought it will be a goal of the season contender, maybe even goal of the season. But um, he's having a goal of the season contender with himself. He almost scored against City. He hit the bar against City as well, didn't he? Yeah, there was a round of his goals going around a clip montage of his goals going around. Today, uh, just uh, what a what a player, what a goal! And he's on a free transfer, so some some Champions oh, well, League team gonna are going to pick him up. Yeah, they're going to pick him up. The top teams, Champions League. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Um, okay, so I think we might wrap it up there. Then, my man Ahmed, uh, um, it's a pleasure talking to you as always. Uh, we will be back next Saturday. Uh, no, maybe next Sunday, but our game is next Saturday. Uh, we'll try and make a post-match uh, game. We'll try and make a post-match, but we won't tie ourselves mm. down to we'll hear us anyway um, over the weekend. And we will be, just for our listeners out there, we will be putting ourselves out on the socials. We will be opening a Twitter account this week and you can access the link for our, our podcast through that as well. Yeah, yeah. And and always feel free to contact us, ask any questions. And if you want to get on the podcast and talk to us, have a chat about football, um, after the weekend's games, um, you're more than welcome to uh, yeah. DM me or Con yeah. on Twitter or yeah. the, or the uh, or the podcast accounts. Exactly, uh, and we will talk about our trip to Bournemouth. Home, we hopefully we get a better mm. result. Expect changes from Frank, and expect the reaction. I've been Connor Skelly, and I've been Ahmed Katak, and we've been the Bramley Moor Blues. <laughs>